Welcome back to Doctors Who Create. This is Darlena, and as promised, I have a very exciting episode for you about a physician who's written a children's book. Dr. Minnie Tandon is a child psychiatrist who practices in St. Louis, Missouri, and she's written a book and actually a series of books about Dr. Minnie Mental Health and her patient, Willie Wanna Know. Without further ado, I'll bring you to our phone conversation. Apologies in advance for the sirens in the background. One of the perils of living in New York City. Uh, I'm Dr. Tandon, otherwise known as Minnie, and I work um, in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I've always tended to have a creative mind, and I wanted to find a way to educate some of the younger children that I see as part of my clinic, and they were, parents were kind of stumped about when and how to tell them that they're coming to see a child psychiatrist, and I would look for different books and find different topics, but I didn't seem to find one that really kind of demystified what it would be like for a young child, like especially a child that's five or six, to come to a child psychiatrist, but I did find a lot of other books that were about, you know, how to brush your teeth and how to take care of your other physical health. And so I thought, you know what, this is like a low-hanging fruit. We should definitely try to increase the number of child-friendly books for mental health. And I think as part of that, destigmatizing um, just going to a child psychiatrist or a mental health professional. There were tons of books about um, general emotions. But when it came down to specific disorders or actually seeing a child psychiatrist versus just a clinician, that was where I, I felt like I was lacking. And I looked at um, standard marketing tools like Amazon and, and all to order some books from my clinic, and I just felt like, you know what, there's, there's definitely something that I'm interested in that's not in this. And you mentioned you had a creative streak. Had you written a book before? Well, no, I think this is my first children's book. Uh, for sure. But as far as actually writing, I mean, I've been writing scientific papers and publications since I started in this field um, of various um, um, review articles, scientific papers, research-based papers, chapters, uh, all related to early childhood um, for the most part. But as far as writing a children's book, no, that was my first of the series. Did you feel like the scientific writing translated in a way over, or was it a very different style that you had to adopt? A very different style. I'm glad you asked that. I think one of the hardest things sometimes is to know how to disseminate science into a palatable um, and user-friendly um, toolkit for people, like people who are five and six little ones. And also for their parents, sometimes um, even though we have the scientific knowledge, sometimes they're still wanting to know in a most basic way, why do I go to child psychiatrist? What do I tell my mom? And I, I think that scientific writing and the creative writing was very different for me, but it wasn't um, unfamiliar because I just enjoy writing creatively too. And it sounds like with those the experiences that you've had in your clinical practice, you've been able to tie that together and, and communicate that through your book, through your experience. Yeah, I'm de definitely making a concerted effort to try to make sure people understand the science 
and in a way that they don't feel embarrassed or shy to say, well, I really don't understand what, what this means. I want them to be very um, comfortable. And I think part of the children's literature is that there's something about looking at a kid's book that's colorful and with characters that really just takes off the stress and also just um, makes you feel like you can ask anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just seems very user-friendly, especially for the kiddos. Yeah, and that seems also part of the role as a physician to translate the scientific jargon into something that's understandable. It kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, I think it's actually one of the most integral parts of our field is that art is a science, which is how do I disseminate this very important information to you in a comfortable way in which you feel like you can ask me anything um, and still understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. As you were going through the process of writing the story for the book, what Mm -hmm. sorts of things were you keeping in mind? Were you thinking about, oh, how do I want this page to be illustrated and thinking about how someone would go through the experience of turning the pages? Yeah, yeah, all of the above. So when you design a children's book, if you're not the illustrator, which I would love to have illustrated, but I don't seem to have the time to do that part, um, you actually almost envision every single scene and you have and you capture the moment that you think is most relevant, especially if someone's not yet reading, so that they get the get the real understanding of uh, what's in the writing and the text. So it's very interesting because you really w- want to have perspectives and when you illustrate with a with a, a professional illustrator, they'll ask you everything. Which way are the kids facing? Who's the central, central part? What co- color is the tile of the classroom floor? Um, I mean, wow. <laughs> you, really, you really have to envision what you'd like um, and then have it hang together as a whole con- uh, a whole comprehensive story. So you, you want to think it through pretty well so that it's connected as a whole theme in a story. How did you go about finding an illustrator, and how are those conversations with your illustrator? So I reached out to uh, multiple agents that um, illustrate children's books and that also have publishing capacity. And I landed with one that I really thought did a nice job with children's books. And so I worked with them and had multiple conversations and renditions. And um, when I was finally satisfied with a page, then I would say, yes, this one, this, this really looks like the way I want to depict the characters. And mm-hmm. I'm one of the characters, so I demystified myself as a cartoon character. And so it was important to kind of make sure I had diversity. Um, and they were very patient with um, all the nuances that I, I would want them to capture. How long did the process start from start to finish when you first had the idea for this book to it going into print? Um, it can take multiple months. Um, it could take actually up to half a year, even if you work on it pretty routinely. Um, part of that is just it takes a while for copy and color and text and approval and copyrights, um, marketing, all of that, the process, and um, cross-checking that someone's not done the exact same <laughs> style mm-hmm. book. 
And so by that time, it can be half an, half a year or more. Oh, but wow. as far as conceptualizing the idea of the children's book, I've always in the back of my mind thought, why don't, why don't I do the book series? If it's not there, that, that seems like something I could do and add. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about it forever, and it was just a matter of time when enough parents had said, can you help me say, tell, help, can you help me with what I should say to my, my little kid before they come to see you? And after I had that question several times, I'm, I was thinking to myself, this is, it's time. It's time for me to do this project that's been in the back of my mind and my creative brain. Wow. So you mentioned that you're one of the characters, Dr. Minnie Mental Health. Yeah. And Dr. Minnie Mental Health meets Willie Wanna Know. So uh, would Willie Wanna Know be a combination of a lot of the patients that you've interacted with put together right. in one character? I, yes. I, I definitely wanted to de-identify any patients. But, yeah, it's like an amalgam. Yeah, he's a comprehensive um, mixture, I would say, of many of the little kiddos that I've seen. And you mentioned this is a book series, so this is book one of the series. Yeah, yeah. and book two just came out, and that one focuses on autism. But conta- And then Willie Wanna Know's back in it. Oh, interesting. Is this idea for this whole series where you'll cover different types of conversations, autism, ADHD, and other yeah. aspects of child that's, psychiatry? That's the general idea um, for sure, yes. Exciting. How has your experience been using these books in your clinical practice? Well, I try to allow them to just sit in on desks because I don't want anyone to feel pressured or pushed, but it it has become popular more on um, marketing sites than even in the office. Um, I use it only when I try to illustrate a point, but I never try to make anyone feel like they need to buy it but many people have come to me and said I have no idea why don't you tell me (laughs) um so that's exciting but yeah so we have copies laying around um when we and I try to use it when needed as a tool teaching tool but I don't uh you know I don't want anyone to feel pressure because that doesn't seem like the right thing to do with your patients that makes sense and in a way it seems like at least book one, it prepares uh, kids before they come into the office. So ideally, they would read this when they're first talking with their parents and broaching that subject of, of going to schedule an appointment, it sounds like. That's exactly right. So a lot of the pediatricians are um, asking for this because they sometimes make referrals to us, and they don't always feel like they have a resource. Um, when a parent says, well, what am I supposed to say about this appointment you're setting us to? And so um, that's been a great collaboration, working with some of the pediatricians to have something that they can use. Mm-hmm. And from this experience of children's books, um, what are some big pieces of advice or lessons learned uh, having gone through this process? If Going into your second, third, fourth books, what would you do differently? I think I would tell people to follow their dreams in general. I mean, creativity comes in many forms, and there's been no better time than now with the way the media um, is so readily available, so many types of media, I mean, podcasts and, and more. I think there's never been a better time to use your creative streak to teach and educate. And I think that's in addition to, of course, scientific publication, writing, and research. I think there's just so much artistry in our work, and there's so much um, room for expansion. 
So I, I would say, encourage people to, if they have an idea, to go forward with it. And, you know, try to allot some time for those creative ideas in addition mm-hmm. to their other other ideas of work. Um, it seems it's like, important to our people. Especially in a field like psychiatry, it seems like there's a lot of room for that creativity and something about the field that's really appealing. Yeah, I, I think if we're going to continue to demystify our field and make people comfortable, I think it starts with talking. And part of talking for people comes from different parts of their uh, comfort, comfort zone. And so maybe some people are comfortable with, you know, listening and getting information. Some people are, are interested in uh, personal dialogue and artwork. Um, some people are interested in books and creative, creative paintings. I mean, it just really just varies. And so I think that there's a place for every creative mind out there, especially in our field. You just have to adapt it to your personal strengths as you've Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Absolutely. How, how do you fit it into your busy schedule, the time to write and create this book? Well, I kind of reframe what you're asking as saying, um, I fit it in because it makes me feel whole and balanced with my scientific and creative mind. I fit it in because it's important to me. Um, and so it's not that I wish I had, if I had the easy answer to that question, I would tell you. But I think you, you make time for what you what you enjoy and you make time for what makes sense to you and for what helps you fulfill um, your role as a clinician. And if that means, you know, to take time out for creativity, then I think you'll find the time. I think it's just a matter of prioritizing. That's really well said. And I think that's a common sentiment I hear from a lot of the physicians that I interview for this podcast. They say something very similar yeah, and, and it keeps you inspiring. For me, it's a nice, it strikes a nice balance with what I do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And what is your day-to-day or uh, with your research and clinical time? How do you usually? How does your week usually look like? <laughs> well, I'm I, I feel like I'm a hybrid model of research and clinical work. Uh, I focus on early uh, young kids, which should come as no shock given the children's book. Um, zero to six is my area of expertise. I also see mothers that are pregnant and need help with psychiatric input. So I start with uh, really young kids, and I go backwards and say, let's help the mothers who are pregnant, too. And then I um, have a mixture of maltreatment prevention projects and uh, teaching of the fellows at the university. And it's it's a busy, fulfilling, balanced day. That goes by rather quickly. That sounds great. How did you originally get interested in the field of child psychiatry? Is it something that you knew that you wanted to do going into medical school? Yes. In fact, I was pretty specifically interested in psychiatry and mental health before I went to medical school. And it it ended up being so true that I try to stay open-minded about all the fields and professions within medicine, but it it, it turns out that I had some sort of psychic powers about my interests. (laughs) And and once I got into child psychiatry, it was my absolute favorite, and I love young children, and I love how their minds work and don't work at times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I just find I love the challenges. I feel like it's such a dynamic field, and we're learning so much. And it's such an exciting time to be a part of this field. Definitely. Wow. Well, it was great talking to you. If any of our listeners here want to read your book, where should they go to find it? 
Um, Amazon. Okay, Amazon. And you have your website as well? Yeah, that should still be active. Okay, and that'd be drminimentalhealth.com. I look forward to reading your book as well. I can see all the illustrations, and it looks like a wonderful story. And I'm so glad that this is something you've created so that more kids and their families can have this resource. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a delight. And that's all we got for this episode of Doctors Who Create. Hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at doctorswhocreate at gmail.com. Or tweet us at doctorscreate. Or check out our website, doctorswhocreate.com, to listen to our podcast episodes and also to check out other articles and profiles of physicians who are creative. Intro music brought to you by the band Night Float.